several years ago, I was asked the following question. If God already knows everything that's going to happen, why does our free will even matter? You ever thought about that? Like, do, do my choices really matter if God has already mapped out and planned out my entire life? I want to begin today's message once again going back to God in prayer because I know this can be a pretty heavy subject at times because I want to talk about this morning about God's will. I want to talk about how do we find God's will? How do we know what our calling in life is? And I know that my calling can be different than your calling, um, that what God is asking me to do in life in some ways will be the same as you, in other ways it'll be different. And I definitely don't have all the answers to this, but I do believe God has something to say to all of us this morning as we seek his will and his plan for our life. So let's go to him in prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning uh, that you give us ears to hear. Hearing from you is all that we want. I pray that you fill us with your spirit. Speak to our hearts and minds. Help us to understand what your will for our lives is. Be with us in these moments. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you look at the very beginning of the Bible, the the famous story of Adam and Eve, we see right away that humans were given a choice and that humans were given free will. And what they do with that choice is up to them. And we know from that story they, they chose not to follow what God had asked them to do. And then if you look out throughout the rest of Scripture, you'll see the same thing over and over. The men and women of the Bible were given choices. Some of them made good choices. Some of them not so much. If you recall Judas betraying Jesus and Peter denying Jesus, not really the best choices But all throughout the Bible, these men and women, for the most part, they wanted to follow God's will. But they were still given choices as part of the free will that God gives us. In fact, one of the reasons Jesus even came to this earth was because our free will was leading us into sin, was leading us into bad decisions. Now, God knows, he has a foreknowledge of the things that we will decide but that doesn't change the fact that we are the ones making those decisions. I believe free will is a wonderful thing, but it does come with a lot of responsibility. And the goal of it all is to have our free will line up with God's will for our lives. Think of all the choices that we have to make every day. There was one study done, and, and they found that the average person makes 35,000 decisions on a daily basis. And as we know, a a bulk of those decisions that we make don't just affect us. They affect the people around us. Um, For example, today, if you didn't shower, you decided not to put on deodorant, then the people next to you are probably like, that's a bad decision. So our choices matter, though, and they they impact other people. I am very uh, thankful for free will. I'm very thankful that God didn't make us like robots, you know, Now, obviously, free will is the very reason that there is a lot of pain in this world. But think about this. Free will is also the only thing that allows true love to really exist. You know, there's times when things will happen in 
in this world and people will ask, why didn't God intervene? You know, why didn't God stop that from happening? And, you know, just recently with the, the, the events in the news, people ask, you know, where was God? Where was God in the shootings in Orlando? Well, unfortunately, there's a few people that used their free will to commit these horrible, cowardly crimes. But I still believe that God is good. I still believe he's in control. And it's, I don't have answers for something like that. But I just go with what I believe, that God is love and God is good. I still believe, you know, there's an old uh, saying that the safest place to be is the center of God's will. I fully believe that. However, that's not really talking about earthly pain, earthly things. It's talking about eternal things. Because from the Bible, we know we're not promised tomorrow. And the Bible actually says that we will go through times of trouble, times of pain and trials. But I still believe being in the center of God's will is the safest place to be when we're talking about eternity. So when tragic things happen, when we don't have all the answers, let's not blame God for it. Let's run to him. Let's cling to him in those moments. None of us are God, which means none of us are all-knowing and all-powerful. So let's stick to what we do know. That God is good. God is love, and he's right there with us in the midst of our pain. I know this is a topic that's been uh, debated over the years. It'll probably always be debated, but I believe there are basically two wills of God. Now, one of them, the first will of God, is one that's a guarantee, something that will happen no matter what. There are certain things God has promised from his word those things will happen, no matter what anybody does. God is God, we are not. Um, one example of that, we believe from the Bible, Jesus Christ will return. He will come back. We don't know when it's going to happen, but he will come back. That is in the will of God, that is going to happen. But I also believe there can be another will from God, one that comes as a response to the choices that we make. Once again, thinking of Adam and Eve, after they made the wrong decision, God didn't just give up on them. In fact, Scripture says he pursued them in the garden, which is a wonderful uh, example of our salvation. He still pursues us. Um, but they had a choice after their initial bad choice to then follow what God wanted them to do. And this is important for us to get because your past should not matter when it comes to doing what God wants you to do today. I'm sure you've heard of the uh, Judas and Peter comparisons before. One of them, Judas, made a terrible decision, and then what did he do? He gave up. Whereas the other one, Peter, ended up becoming the rock of the church after his decision because he didn't give up. As Christians, we have to understand how important today is. Truth is, the Bible doesn't really talk about the word tomorrow very much. It doesn't really know that word. Um, the only time it says the word tomorrow is when it says, don't worry about tomorrow. Or, as it says in uh, James and Proverbs, don't boast about tomorrow. One of my favorite quotes of all time is from Martin Luther. He once said this, There are two days in my calendar, 
this day and that day. He's saying the only two days that really matter, the only two days to really think about and really live for, today and the day Christ returns. Nothing else is worth worrying over. We can still plan for the future, but we're not going to live for anything other than this moment and what we await his second coming. I once heard it said that your calling is where your feet are. Relevant Magazine had a article about this, and here's, how, here's something they said. They said, God's will is not a mystery to be solved, but a road to be traveled. And so with this mindset, um, God's will and our calling in life becomes much more about today than it does about some revelation from God in our future. And you know, there's so many people, so many Christians that fall into this category of just waiting, and and I have been guilty of this many times in the past as well, but so many Christians are sitting back and just waiting to hear from God to reveal something in their life, but I think we're missing the point if we treat our relationship with God like that. Now, could God reveal things to you later in life? Absolutely. I believe he will. Um, Could God have a different plan for your life a couple years from now than he does today? Absolutely. But it would be a huge mistake for any Christian to live their lives just waiting for God to reveal something for their life if they're missing what he's asking them to do right now. Uh, John Foreman is a hero of of mine. He's the lead singer of my favorite band, Switchfoot. And uh, I don't believe he's just a singer. I believe he's a visionary. I believe he's kind of a modern-day C.S. Lewis in the way he thinks. And so I often go to his articles and things that he said um, for inspiration. Here's what he said one time about finding our calling in life. He said, calling has this weight that somehow we think that your calling is fixed, that your calling is this line, and you've finally found and now you're on that track and that's what you're going to do forever and maybe that's the case but I feel like calling has much more to do with the moment that you're in if you happen to be right there where a car accident happened your calling is to make sure everyone's okay if you're next to your friend when she finds out her mom died your calling is to be there and to comfort her when I was in my 20s calling meant one thing it meant writing songs about my roommates in college and now it means something different But I think the idea of calling is not a permanent thing. It's got to change from time to time. Wise words. Um, And another point I want to make is that even if we believe that we are currently doing what we are called to do with our lives, there are still a whole bunch of things on top of that that God has called us to do. For example, I believe completely that God called me into youth ministry. I've been doing it for about 11 years and... I believe that is what he's called me to do. Um, But I should not treat that like it's my only purpose in life. There are still so many things he's asked me to do. For example, I am still called to share the gospel with nonbelievers. I'm still called to pray for my enemies. I'm still called to serve the poor. I'm still called to do lots of these different things. And, And I'll say it again, your calling is where your feet are. Look at this list on the screen. Um, These are just some examples from Scripture of things that God calls us to do each and every day. And I want you to notice through this list, there's really nothing about 
waiting for God to speak to you about something that you'll do later in life. It's all about today and what we're doing. So just to go through these, the Great Commission, we share the gospel, we make disciples. Um, Ephesians 5, we imitate him. Philippians 4, think about what is pure, holy, and right. 1 Thessalonians 5, be joyful, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Colossians 3, let the word of Christ dwell in us. Proverbs 19, be kind to the poor. Colossians 3, focus my heart on heavenly things. Be kind and compassionate. Be devoted in prayer. Live above reproach. Make the most of every opportunity. And again, that's just a few things that Scripture lists for us. And you know, maybe one day God will call you to something different, maybe something uh, like the mission field. But I can promise you, He's calling you to do mission work right here where you live. Maybe if you're single, one day God will call you um, to be married. I can promise you in the meantime, he's calling you to honor him while you are single. And that list can go on and on. Um, as many of you know, I had a chance to do youth ministry in Florida for over three years um, before moving back home to do ministry here. And before I moved to Florida, it was really a time period in my life when I was searching. I was really trying to figure out what's God calling me to do? And I was praying and praying, and, and I, I kind of felt like maybe he was going to call me away from home, which I never thought I would move away. Um, thing is, though, I was looking for one of those burning bush experiences, if you can relate to that, like Moses. I was like, you know, speak to me in some crazy, you know, burning bush or flash across the sky, and, and I, I didn't really realize so much at that time that he can speak to us oftentimes in a gentle whisper or through a sermon, or through um, your time in the Word. So before I ended up in Florida, I thought I was actually going to get a job in Baltimore. Um, I was one of the finalists for a youth ministry position there, and they actually flew me to Baltimore. I spent a full weekend there, and while I was there, uh, everything was great. Um, it, it really felt like, okay, this is where God wants me to go and it's going to be awesome, and I'm excited for it. Kind of a side note, uh, one reason I think maybe looking back now that I didn't get the job is uh, when they were interviewing me in Baltimore, they were like, so you're from Indiana. What's something Indiana doesn't have or has that Baltimore doesn't? And I said, the Colts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that probably wasn't smart. <laughs> I really did say that. That's not the reason I didn't get the job. They actually laughed at that, but Baltimore, or the Colts left Baltimore to come here, and so yeah, who knows. Um, but actually, the, uh, the following week when I got home, I was fully expecting a phone call to say, we're offering you the job. So they called me, and they actually ended up giving me a very strange and confusing uh, response as to why they were not actually going to hire anyone at that time. And uh, it, was, it was confusing, not just because I'm like, here I was, I flew there and, you know, spent this full weekend, had been praying, really felt like that's what God was calling me to do, and yet uh, the door closed. So I was really even more confused with, with God in that moment. Um, now, a week about a week later, I was in church, and I was listening to a sermon, and God spoke to me in a way he'd never had before through a message that gave me peace about the whole situation. 
Um, the preacher was speaking on um, the story in the Old Testament of Abraham and Isaac. And he was sharing how, if you remember that story, Abraham was asked by, or commanded by God to uh, sacrifice his own son Isaac, and he was actually going to obey it. He was bringing his son and was going to, as hard as that would be, to obey God's call and to sacrifice his son. But just before that happened, God spoke <clears throat> and said he had something else in mind. And it was a, a test, <clears throat> excuse me, a test of Abraham's faith. <clears throat> and as the preacher was speaking that day, some of the things he was saying, it was relating to me so much, and I really felt like in those moments, God was speaking to me and telling me that in a similar way to this story, my faith was being tested. Um, I went to Baltimore to, to show God that I was willing to move away from home, that I was willing to go wherever he called me. And just before that actually ended up happening, God spoke and said, you know, I have, I have something else in mind. And I can't tell you the peace that I felt. Now, something that's important to know is this story, at that point in my life, I had heard about a hundred times. And it never spoke to me as much as it did in that moment. And my, my point of this, my encouragement through this story is that when we're trying to find God's will for our lives, we have to stay in his word. We have to listen to his voice through sermons, through Christians that we trust, through his word. And we have to understand that we're not always going to know what the next few months or even few years look like. We will get confused from time to time of what God is asking us to do and, and what he has in store for us in the future. But let's remain faithful in the present. Let's continue diving in, into his word because as it says in Hebrews, the word is alive and active. The word is living. And you can, if you're really listening, you can hear or read a story that you've heard or read a hundred times before. And because the word is alive, he will speak to you in that moment and give you a peace about the situation. But we just, we have to be willing to listen. The more time we spend with God, the more we will know his heart and his will. Like it says in Romans 12 too, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So it's right there for us. It's right there in the word. If we want to know what God's will is, then we need to be transformed. And that happens when our minds are being renewed. That happens when we are listening to God's voice instead of the world. Our minds aren't going to be renewed if our Bibles are always closed. Our minds aren't going to be renewed if we are never teaching others and being discipled and discipling others. You know, it's amazing how many people end up sounding and acting a lot like their parents when they get older. Uh, and the thing is, the reason why it's amazing is because when, they, when they're kids, they'll say, oh, never. I will never sound like them. I'll never act like them. No way. And then they end up sounding and acting a lot like them. And the reason is they've spent so much time with them. So here's a question. What happens when we spend a lot of time with God? The same thing. We'll start sounding and acting a whole lot more like him, and his plan for our lives will become a lot more clear. I want to read something else to you. Um, this is from the book Radical by David Platt. Um, we'll put the words on the screen, and this is 
really something that fits uh, what we're talking about today. I think it's extremely important. Um, So let's read what David Platt has to say in his book. He said, I find it interesting that one of the most common questions asked today among Christians is, what is God's will for my life, or how, will I, how do I find God's will for my life? Many Christians have almost assumed the attitude that they would obey God if he would just show them what he wanted them to do. But in the middle of a Christian culture asking, how do I find God's will for my life, I bring good news. His will is not lost. With so many non-believers in the world, it makes little sense for us to sit here asking, what do you want me to do, God? Because the answer is clear. The will of God is for you and me to give our lives urgently and recklessly to making the gospel known among all people. So the question, therefore, is not, can we find God's will? The question is, will we obey God's will? So we are called to be disciples and to disciple others. That is God's will for your life. If you are a Christian, that is your calling. You may have different jobs and you may go through different experiences. God may call you to different places, be around different people um, in, in order for that to happen. But that still is absolutely our calling in life. And you know, we've got to walk with Jesus. We don't want to just sit and think about the things we've accomplished. We also, like I said earlier, we don't want to just wait Maybe God will speak to us one day about what we're supposed to do. We need to walk with him each day. The question, too, is why do we even get so caught up in our future plans when the people of the Bible didn't even do that? I mean, yeah, some of the disciples would ask questions about the future, like anyone would. But for the most part, they were so focused on what he was calling them to do then and there. Imagine this example, when, uh, Jesus, when Jesus went up to Matthew and said, follow me, can you imagine if Matthew was like, okay, but could you tell me what this is, you know, what this will look like five years from now? Um, you know, where's my life headed? And like, Jesus, could you tell me the big picture here? Like, I'll follow you today, but what, you know, what, what's it look like a few years from now? No, he just dropped everything and followed him. And that is what our daily lives should look like. So ask, we need to ask ourselves these questions. Where is Jesus calling me today? What does Jesus want me to do today? Who needs the gospel today? And that's got to be our focus. Most of this message today has been directed towards those of us who are already Christian, uh, encouraging us to understand what our calling really is on a day-to-day basis. But I also want to speak to anybody who may be here today and who is unsure of their relationship with God. Um, Or maybe there's some of you in this room today who have, at some point in your life, and maybe even now, have thought, maybe I've missed God's calling. Maybe I've missed what he's wanted me to do. And you know, sometimes people will ask this question, how could God even love me if I've ignored him my entire life? Is it too late for me? What if I've just missed his call? Well, there's a story in Matthew 20 that I want to close with today that hopefully, uh, will answer these questions for you. It's a parable that Jesus taught. And it's a parable, a story about workers in a vineyard. And there's workers that worked all day in this vineyard. They were going to get paid at the end of the day. Well, as the day went on, a couple hours 
uh, more workers were added. A couple hours later, more workers were added. Finally, there's only one hour left in the workday, and more workers were added. At the end of the workday, all of the workers got paid the exact same amount. So you can imagine the people at first were thinking, we've worked all day, these people have worked an hour, why are we getting paid the same as them? Well, they had already received more than they deserved, and Jesus was teaching through this story, and please don't miss this today. Every person who gives their life to him will be saved and will receive eternal life, and it does not matter if there are Christians who have been Christian longer than you. It does not matter if there are other Christians who you think have accomplished more than you. And it doesn't matter if you feel like you've missed God's call for your life all the way up until this point. Through Jesus, forgiveness is available to you. Salvation is available to you. This very day, this very moment, you have a choice within your free will to choose the only one who can save you. And the minute you come to Christ is the minute you're forgiven. And so maybe that's the ultimate calling from God. If he's calling you to accept him as, as your Lord and Savior. I know this much. God will be with us every step of the way. Even when our free will leads us into sin and into bad decisions, there's forgiveness through Christ. And as his word says, he will never leave us, never forsake us. All he's asking is that we trust him and walk with him each day. In just a minute, we're going to take communion together. And we have a chance to do this every week. And these are special moments where we get to spend time with God. Um, It's a time to examine ourselves. It's a time to remember what Christ has done for us. And this morning, we're going to give you an extra minute or two um, to spend time in prayer. And uh, then we will take the emblems together um, after that. So let's pray. God, we love you, and again, we're so grateful to be in your presence. And I'm thankful for this opportunity we have to, to fall at your feet. And we know, God, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level for everyone. Thank you so much for your mercy and your grace. Speak to us in this time. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.